The following sermon is by Dan Thomas, pastor and teacher at Community Church in Edwardsburg, Michigan. If you've never visited us at Community Church, we invite you to join us at 28647 US 12 West in Edwardsburg. And now, here is Pastor Dan Thomas. Hey, I've got to do a couple of announcements uh, before we get into the message today. One of them, I don't, I don't think I've ever done this before, but I, I have to add on to something Pastor James said. He was talking about release time, and he said we had a great group here, and we played some great games with them and fed them. And that is all true, but I did also want to mention that we also had a great chance to share about Jesus with them. I uh, did that for it. Usually, Pastor James does an incredible job of doing that. This week, I got to do that, so I was especially pumped about doing that, just talking to them about Jesus for about 35 minutes and telling them about him. I wanted to make sure that you knew that we didn't just bring them here to play games and eat, feed them, though that is, that is fun, too. Um, the uh, budget uh, for the year 2020 is available for your perusal. They're out that door back there. They're in that hallway back there. If you want to pick one up, last couple of years when we've tried to have question answer sessions, we've said, hey, you can come in if you have any question answers. To say they were sparsely attended would be a great overstatement. <laughs> to say nobody came, yeah, that's probably where it was. Uh, so we decided this year to try to just add an extra week. So instead of two weeks notice, you got a three weeks notice. If there's anybody you want to talk to, one of the elders uh, is the place to start with that. I should mention with that too, uh, Craig Brown, our friendly neighborhood bass player up here, here, up there today, but is here. He's taking 2020 as a sabbatical from being an elder, so don't bug him. Uh, but any of the rest of us, if you have any questions, uh, you have a few weeks there to look that over and talk to us about that. And then uh, Pastor James already mentioned that offering, but I need to have you hold me accountable. You know how many times I forget the benevolent offering? Do not let me forget that today, okay? If you have to, I'll stand up and scream in unison. Uh, we, we have to do that. But that's at the end. And wait a minute, somewhere I had another note, something I didn't want, else I didn't want. Oh, last week we talked about Right Now Media, and we had about 10 or 12 uh, new folks um, sign up for that. But if that's something you're still interested in, I believe the link is still in the bulletin today. So I uh, just wanted to remind you about that. Okay, you ready? Take a breath. Feel good? All right, we have been, uh, can you believe that this is Jan the end of January coming up this last week? I mean, it seems like we were just saying Happy New Year and January is over. Uh, but uh, our theme for the month of January has been that idea of being the branch. Okay, do you have that down? Okay, here's the phrase that I, I haven't repeated enough that I'd really like us to get from that, is we cannot live for Jesus without living with Jesus. It comes from John chapter 15 where we start at the month. Uh, the whole idea that we are uh, invited to abide in him, we're commanded to abide in him. We are told that without him we can do what? Nothing. Uh, that's right. And that when we're not connected to him, we're not uh, thriving branches that are alive, but instead we're dead sticks. So, uh, so the importance of that we focused on. And then the second week we really got into the idea of what is the thing that separates us, keeps us from abiding in him. Very simply, the answer is sin. Uh, what is the solution to sin? It is, has always been and will always be uh, God and his grace. Never have we overcome or beaten sin and, and made ourselves acceptable to God in our own efforts, but through a reliance on him and faith in him and faith in Christ's work on the cross and how that applies in our life. And then I said for the last couple of weeks, I wanted to focus on that point in our lives where we connect to Jesus. And primarily then we're focusing on the idea of the simplest form of that is in, in reading his word and in praying. 
So last week we really talked about uh, re- reading his word and, and building on that. And I wanted to mention with that, we've been doing this thing, this Proverbs uh, study this month. Hopefully you've had a chance to be part of that. I've had a, a lot of people tell me this has been a really good thing for them. But that's coming to an end. You've got five more days on there uh, this month. It's coming to an end. I really want to encourage you, if you haven't yet, especially if this is new, like, you know, this really got you started in the Word of God. Um, if, you, if you haven't lined up anything to continue into February, I really want to encourage that. It's pretty simple. Bible reading apps, type that in. Uh, Bible reading plans, it's real easy. If you have to have a hard copy, again, that's pretty easy to get online and, and uh, find a book that you could order or whatever like that to continue uh, reading the Bible. If you didn't do this yet, I think we have about five of these left, but I'd be glad to make up another one if you wanted to go through Proverbs in February. You'd have a couple of extra days uh, since so February only has, I think this is leap year, isn't it? So we got 29 uh, this month. But anyway, I want to encourage you. I guess the thing that uh, with all of this that I really want to encourage us on is to remember that idea of moving in the right direction, okay? That you are, that no, we're not perfect. Uh, we've talked about that that one week, that whole idea we still struggle with the flesh, but that you are growing and that you are moving in the right direction. So I hope when it comes to reading the Word of God, that's what I can encourage you to do is just, hey, let's, let's, get, let's get moving. Let's, let's be growing. Let's move in the right, right direction. And I want to do the same thing this week when we talk about this, the topic of prayer. As I began to say, okay, I got one week uh, in this little thing where we're going to talk about prayer, uh, what, you know, what would be a good topic? And, and uh, so again, uh, first of all, my bookshelf isn't that extensive. My library is not that extensive in there, but I have a bunch of books on prayer because there are a ton of books written on prayer. Uh, when you Google, you go online and you say sermons on prayer, you get a flood. There are tons. I don't know if there's a uh, topic that you could find more sermons about. I think we can conclude from that that people are looking for answers and people are looking for help with their prayer lives. Uh, but, uh, but I'm collecting all this information I'm looking at and trying to weed down. Okay, do we talk about uh, the Lord's Prayer? Do we talk about the high priestly prayer of Jesus? Do I just look at some of the commands about prayer? And I was kind of weeding through that. And, and for a while, a little frustrated because I wasn't sure where to go. It's like there's so much information. But as, uh, I kind of paused and just said, okay, Lord, what, where, where are we going here? And he kind of brought me back to that idea that, uh, hey, let's, uh, let's look for progress in the right direction. Let's, let's try to really just encourage people to be growing in the area of prayer. Now, that might very well be starting in the area of prayer, just starting to pray some. And uh, so whatever that step is, though, I really want to encourage you there. And I'm going to begin today by bombarding you with a bunch of different scriptures. And uh, as we explore this idea of, so why should we pray? The first reason is that, I'm sorry, the first question that sometimes we have is, wait a minute, God is sovereign, so why should I pray? Now, if that's a, a word you're not all that familiar with, just in talking about God, it, it's just the idea that God is large and in charge. God knows everything predetermined. Uh, it, you know, we read about the idea that when we were in our mother's womb, he knew us and he knew all our steps. He knew uh, everything about us. He knows the in and outs of everything. So if God knows everything that's going to happen already, why in the world should I be praying? It's not going to make any difference because God is sovereign, right? He is large and in charge. It's not going to, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not smarter than he is, so why should I be praying? I don't know if that is a question that has ever hit you as you've gone through, but I wanted to start exploring that a little bit. And here goes the first verse I want us to consider. In Psalm chapter 8, the psalmist said, When I look at the heavens, 
the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place. When I see how incredible you are, God, how awesome you are, here's the question that comes to my mind. What is man? What am I that you even care about me, that you're mindful of him? Or the son of man that you care for him? What, what in the world? When I see how incredible you are, how awesome it is, how amazing it is that you care about me. But I want you to remember that idea that this is something that Scripture gives us. And the psalmist said, I'm overwhelmed when I see your awesomeness that you actually care about me as an individual. The second verse I want to call your attention to in Jeremiah. Did I skip one? I did. When the Lord, uh, I'm sorry, when the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of their troubles. Now, you might look at that verse in Psalms and say, wait a minute. That's when the righteous cry, I don't feel particularly righteous. Okay, I want to come back to this idea again. We are never righteous because of our good works. Okay? Now, if that doesn't make any sense to you, try to stay with me here for, for a second. Because, you know, the, again, religion tells us if we behave, we behave, we're righteous and everything like that. The Bible doesn't say that. The Bible says in ourselves, we are not righteous. The righteousness we have is a gift from God. When we turn to Christ in faith, trusting him for forgiveness of my sin, the Bible says he imputes, he inputs, he gives us his righteousness. So I can stand. Now, you know, if I stood here and said, I could tell you I'm righteous, you'd say, uh, maybe we'll talk to your wife. And you would find a different story. You know, as far as all my behavior and things like that does not fit righteous. I am not saying that you are righteous because you've been a good little boy or a good little girl or, you know, you've done all the things you're supposed to. I'm saying that if you have trusted in Christ for forgiveness of sin, God says, I made you righteous. And by the way, that's the only way you're ever going to get righteous. Okay, so when you see this verse, when the righteous cry for help, what does God do? He hears. Okay, so the psalmist looks and he says, man, I am amazed, God, that you actually care about me. And now he says this, when the righteous cry, I have the righteousness of Christ. I'm calling out to him. He hears. In Jeremiah, uh, then you call upon me and come and pray to me and I will hear you. There again is that promise. God says, I will hear you. Now, this verse begins with the word then. Uh, so there's something that's been right before that that we need to pay attention to. And what's been before that is God has actually been dealing with his people with chastisement because they've been misbehaving. And, uh, and God, but at this point, they humbly turn to God and it says, then when you call upon me, I'll hear you. Okay, I won't say, well, wait a minute, you got to do uh, several months of penance and then I'll hear you. He says, then when you call upon me, when you come to me, I will hear you. So the first thing, why should we pray? Very simply, because he hears. Now, I've got, I think, five or six verses on this next one. I'm going to run at you. First one. Some of you might be familiar with this one. There's another little coffee cup verse we have here. But call to me, and I will answer you, and I will tell you great and hidden things that you do not know. From Jeremiah 33.3, uh, 3, God invites us uh, to call to him, and he says, when you do, I will answer you. The next verse. Is from James. Uh, you desire, you have not, so you murder, you covet, you cannot obtain, uh, so you fight and you quarrel. You do not have. Why? Because you do not ask. Again, God inviting us in there to, to ask. So we know that God hears, uh, but we also know that he, He's inviting us into prayer. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication. Supplication is our nice little big Bible word, but it just means you're asking for things. 
okay? Uh, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And then the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Next verse. Um, Come to me, all ye who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You know, sometimes if somebody is burdened, and they always seem to be burdened, it's like we would rather avoid them. Oh no, here they come. We have a friend that we lovingly refer to as Eeyore. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Uh, my son was a big Winnie the Pooh fan as a kid, and, and uh, that became, actually, that's my favorite character, which I don't know that, what that says about me, but the donkey who's always like, uh, oh well. I guess, I guess things could get worse. Well, maybe not. Uh, you know, and it's always like all the, but if somebody is like that, somebody has this heavy uh, load all the time and everything like that, sometimes we would want to avoid them. We don't like the Eeyores around. What does God say? Come to me. Come to me. Okay, he invites us in. So God is not saying, I'm sick of hearing from you. Okay, there may be people that are saying, I'm sick of hearing from you. But God is saying, come. The invitation is there if you're heavy burdened. Let us then, with confidence, this is just a couple verses after what we looked at last week. Let us then, with confidence, draw near to the throne of grace. Okay, let us then. Why? If you go back to the verse before it, it says, because we have a high priest. Okay, we have a high priest in Jesus Christ. He is the one that is the go-between, between me and God. He is our high priest. He is the one that has made a way for me to talk directly to God. Because of that, I can draw to the throne of grace that I may receive mercy and find grace in the help and the time of need. Okay, and I can go there with confidence because of that. So we know we should pray, first of all, because he hears. Secondly, we could say, because he invites us to. Okay, so you say, well, why should I pray? Because God is sovereign. He's going to do what he's going to do anyway. So why should I pray? First of all, God, I could say commands, uh, but he invites us to, and it's, he tells us that he hears us. Now, I want to give you one more statement before we leave this question and, uh, and encourage you to just kind of process this. Uh, if you're looking at your bulletin, all it's in there. I think I left just a couple blanks with it. But if you think about this idea, God has sovereignly, again, this is God who's large and in charge, but God has sovereignly decreed to accomplish some things through the prayers of his saints. Now, I should mention I'm using that word saints in the context of Scripture. When Scripture talks about saints, it is not talking about somebody who has been labeled by a church and said, hey, this is a saint. I am talking about all of us who believe in Christ as our Savior. The Scripture uses that term, calls us His saints. Okay? And God has sovereignly decreed that He's going to accomplish some things through the prayers of His saints. So how does it work together that God is sovereign and yet my prayers are still answered? How does that work? God knows ahead of times, if you want to say, the prayers that we pray and everything like that. So even though we might be looking at prayer and struggling with it, God is inviting us, He is commanding us, He is saying this is something uh, that should still be part of our lives. That's the first question. The second one is, <laughs> I don't really know how to pray, so why should I pray? Did you, did you ever uh, feel, feel that way a little bit? Like, uh, hey, maybe I don't really know. Uh, oh, you know what, let me, let me back up for a second to the, to whole, the whole asking thing. Um, have you ever, um, you know, heard a dad say these words to the, the parents? He'll, he'll say these words, ask me that again. Okay. Now, usually if you hear a dad saying that to his kids, uh, think of the tone. 
ask me that again. <laughs> like, if you say that one more time, you're dead. Uh, that type of thing. Ask me that again. If you hear the tone that man can, can, can put to those, those words, I want you to erase that. Okay? Because when God says, ask me that again, God is never bothered that we bother him. If you want a little cliche to take home, God is never bothered that we bothered him. So if God says, ask me that again, it's not a sarcastic and I'll slap you silly. It is, I uh, want to hear from you. Uh, Jesus told an illustration perfect about that, that of the person that he said, the persistent prayer uh, that keep coming back and asking again. And God never says, I'm sick of hearing from you. But, you know, if you, if you will think about that with me just for a moment, that whole idea of, you know, invitation and, and you know, how much you want to be even asked for help. My, uh, um, we, we were really looking forward to my son and my daughter-in-law coming to visit us at Christmas time, but they were coming the day after Christmas. And uh, so Christmas, we knew was, no, no offense, we got together with Dennis and Mary and we went and saw Little Women yeah, best Christmas, no, not the best Christmas I ever had, uh, by any stress. I don't offend the Hartzels, but the little women and me, we were just, we were, it was all right. Well, we survived. Dennis and I had fun counting the other men in the theater. One, that's it, okay, uh, like that, but uh, that's what we did on Christmas Day. We were just kind of killing time until the kids would get there the next day, and we were to head up, I think we were supposed to be about 8.30 to go up and pick them up up at Midway. And uh, we get a text. I'd walk the dog. I came back in. My wife says, I just got a text. They overslept and they missed their flight. You know, we had since, you know, we were like the little kids waiting for them to come and they missed their flight. And, uh, you know, just like pop the old balloon and, and uh, everything like that. And I thought I got going crazy, got desperate, like, okay, tell them they can fly to Milwaukee. They can fly to Detroit. They can fly to Indianapolis. They can fly to Florida. We'll go get them. Uh, just find a flight, get somewhere, get, you know, get somewhere closer. Uh, but so much want, you know, it's not going to inconvenience us at all because we wanted our children there. But if he can kind of get that mindset there that God invites you in, he wants you in. Why pray? Because God is saying pray. He's commanding, inviting, he hears, uh, he wants you a part of it. Okay, second thing, I don't know how to pray. Okay, I, I really, it just, it, it's, it's awkward to me. And, um, you know, I, I just, yeah, like I said, I, I just really struggle with this here. I want you to consider a couple things before we look at our passage here. If that is your thought, I don't know how to pray, then you have a great start to prayer. I really would encourage you to start your prayers by saying, God, I don't know how to pray. I don't know exactly what to say here. Uh, I try, would, you, would you help me with this prayer, God? But at the same time, you know, just that, that's a great, great place to start. Don't let that be an obstacle. Let that be the beginning of your prayer. God, I don't know what to say. See, we have this idea sometimes. The second thing there is that there's some specific language that God likes in our prayers. Um, you know, so often I, I think people don't pray because they don't pray. You know, I feel like, hey, I haven't prayed for a long time, so I feel awkward even coming to God. And, they, and everything builds us as kind of a stumbling block to keep us from actually talking to God. It, it, it gets in the way. But, uh, but and, and we get this mind, well, you know, God is, he, he must like it when you pray in King James language. You know, if I can throw in some these and thous, I'm sure God likes it better. Uh, like that. You know, I always, uh, I've, I've told you before, my family likes to make fun of me when I break out my preacher voice. 
And uh, actually, my, my wife will just tap me on the leg. You're talking like you're preaching. Uh, and you know, calm down. And she lovingly uh, puts me back in, in my place there. because. Uh, but, you know, I, I found myself doing that this week. I, uh, a friend called me. Uh, I was sitting next Thursday night. I was sitting out of my garage on the car, uh, in the car talking to him on the phone. And he'd asked me a question about something that I thought I could really help him. And I knew I, 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 had, I actually called him back the next day and apologized because I knew I broke into a sermon. He got 20 minutes of this and then and another thing and point number two. Uh, and I, I kind of broke into it. But sometimes this idea that, you know, you have to have this pastoral, you know, you know how the pastors pray, our father. Thou art the one, the father of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Uh, the only one who, and we kind of think, man, I could never pray like that. You know, that, that, that's just incredible. But we think somehow that God is looking for some type of specific language. Listen, there's nothing wrong with praying, you know, in a different voice. There's nothing wrong with praying in the these and thous. But understand this, God is not impressed with that. Okay, if you could just get that through your heads, God's not saying, oh, <laughs> not listening to this guy over here. This guy threw in some these and thous. That's the prayer I'm listening to right there. Uh, this guy's following the script a little bit better. This guy sounds like a pastor praying. That's the one thing that always cracks me up. Well, the pastor's here. Have him pray. I'm like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> don't want to. Uh, not that I don't want to pray, but I, I don't want us to think that somehow, and, and that, that's the thing, I don't want us to think that somehow these prayers have more weight than your prayers. God invites you on the exact same way. And if we get, you know, this idea that somehow, you know, God is, is uh, waiting for an elegant speech or, or something like that, uh, I think we're, we're messed up there. We, we, um, even, you know, as far as the order of things, I have taught in here the acrostic that is the word acts, where you take the letters from acts, where you say, okay, A is adoration, so you begin your prayers adoring God, and C is confession, so you take some time in confession, and T is thanksgiving, uh, so you make them, and then S is that supplication, that asking, and I think that's, that's good, I mean, I, I really do. I mean, I, I would say, hey, yeah, that's a good model to use. But I don't ever want to feel like, hey, if you don't do that, you're, you're missing it. You know, if you don't do that, you're off. We get too caught up, I think, on the tech, technical aspect of it instead of the relational aspect of it. God wants you to come to him. And there is not, you know, the, and he's not sitting there judging and saying, hey, wait a minute. Uh, the way this guy prayed doesn't quite little fit exactly where we want it. So I want to go to... When Jesus was asked how to pray, I want to go to that passage that many of you might be familiar with. What do we call this? Okay, now, I, I don't want to be radical and weird. But <laughs> you know, when you laugh at things like that, it just kind of hurts. But, uh, but I really don't want to be radical and weird. But uh, I really do not like that title for this prayer. I know churches everywhere, this is called the Lord's Prayer, and you've always learned this is the Lord's Prayer. I don't think that is a great title for it. There's a prayer later on uh, we call the high priestly prayer that was actually Jesus praying. This is not one that Jesus would pray. He would not pray, forgive us our sins, because he didn't sin. Uh, and this is, it is not wrong to repeat this prayer. I am not saying that in any way. But, I was, but God didn't say, okay, here's a prayer. You just repeat this over and over again. Okay? It is a model. It is an example. We could call it the model prayer. We could call it the disciples prayer. I think those would be better names. But let's go ahead and, and look at this and go through and kind of simplify where we're going. Jesus said, the disciples are asking him how to pray. He said, pray like this. Our Father, 
there's a ton, and, and I don't have time to go into it today to take apart every aspect of this, but just in that name, using the name Father, that was so revolutionary to the people who were hearing him because they would not have addressed God that way. They would have seen that as, as disrespectful, but to make it so personal to say our Father, uh, that really was, was uh, you know, radically changing things when Jesus said that. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. I want to lift you up. I want to praise you. Your kingdom come, your will be done. We sang that in the second to last song today. You know, we were singing that prayer, saying, hey, God, not, not my will, but your kingdom come here uh, on earth as it is in heaven. And then you prayed, give us this day our daily bread. Again, this is one that is very difficult for us to think of sometimes. You know, some of you have followed uh, Dave Ramsey's super plan for having three to six months uh, expenses build up. Hey, and I'm all for you. We actually try to operate like that around here as far as the church goes of having things covered. But, you know, dear, you know, dear God, uh, would you take care of my needs three months from now when I run out of money? <laughs> you know what I mean? God, I got the next three months covered or the next six months covered. I don't, or, you know, you think of the whole idea of, you know, even asking God for provision of food and you could go home and barely find spot in your refrigerator. I thought, you know, my wife and I are in a little bit of a different stage. We were out shopping the other night, and uh, we're walking through Meyer with, uh, you know, like six items in our little mini cart. And we saw some friends of ours that have six kids, and they had two carts that were just overflowing. <laughs> you know, I had to kind of laugh, and I don't know, that might have just got them through a, a couple days. I, I don't know, but I was thinking, you know, sometimes in our house it's a little bare in the refrigerator because we don't need a whole lot, but many of you, you know, your house is still packed, and there's tons of stuff in there, and you're trying to feed everybody. It's hard for you to think of, hey, I need to rely upon God. He says, forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors, and lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. And I, I know there's a, another place in Scripture where that is um, a little bit lengthier version of that. But, um, but God is teaching us there I, I, how, you know, hey, this is an example that you can follow. Again, to pray these exact words, absolutely nothing wrong with that. That's, I encourage you to do that. But I don't want you to think that is what God's saying. You must pray like this, and you must pray in this form. I think if we were to simplify it, we could simplify it to two major concepts. One is our prayers, we want to include praise. And the second thing is petition. Again, I had to go with two words to start with the same letter because I'm weird. Uh, but this is your request. Okay, this is the things you're asking. I want to focus on him and his greatness. And I want to focus on me and my neediness. Okay, if I can get that idea that I need him and that he is great, I think that will lead us into some of the other areas of prayer that we talk about confession. When I see his greatness, his perfectness, his holiness, when I see myself in light of him, uh, that leads me to the, to the confession. I think it also leads me when I see his greatness to the thanksgiving that I want to have as part of our prayer. But if I could just begin, again, as I was thinking of this, you know, saying, Lord, you know, what would be the most helpful that we could share this week? I really want to encourage you to focus on these two aspects of prayer that I think we find in his model prayer. I want to take some time to lift him up as to who he is and focus on that. This will help if you have ever been in a prayer meeting that you thought was ultra depressing because all you did was focus on the negative of everything like that. Uh, this will help us there if we can learn to take these things and have God transform our prayers and our requests into praise and thanksgiving. We begin by praising Him, and then we move on to the, to the request that we want to give. But uh, again, ultra simplified, uh, but hopefully could be a great spot just to say, hey, I want to have these two elements in my prayers. Hey, if this is a great place to start, just do this. 
Write one statement of praise each day. Pray to God. Write one request each day and praise it. Uh, pray to God. You say, well, you're not really looking for much. Like I said, I want us moving in the right direction. Okay, I want us growing and maturing and moving and beginning to learn to pray and avoiding these things that become obstacles. The third one of which I think is this. Some people will say, I don't pray because I try praying. <laughs> and it just doesn't work. Have you ever, okay, I don't I want an out loud answer, but I want you to consider this, this with me. Have you ever been afraid to pray? Because what if it doesn't get answered? I actually, if you look at my personal journal, in the middle of last week, I began with those words, God, I'm afraid to pray this. Because I prayed something similar before, and it come through. And, uh, and sometimes we really wrestle with, uh, I am afraid to pray because, you know, very simply, it, it just doesn't seem to work. I came across a quote this week by, from a guy by the name of Tim Keller that I wanted to share with you, some of you may have heard of Tim, but uh, here's, a, here's a quote that I think could be very helpful to us on this idea. And this is a direct quote, so if you don't like the gr grammatical, uh, blame him. If we knew all that God knew, we, we would answer all of our prayers just the way he does. That, that's a pretty powerful thing to hold on to, okay? That phrase in the, in the model prayer that he gave is, uh, you know, uh, how do I name? Uh, not my will, but thine. You know, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. This is what I want. Uh, this is getting to a place of saying, I'm going to trust God to, that I know that he knows what is best. And I thought Tim put this real well, if I can hold on to this idea. I, listen, does God answer the prayers the way that I would answer them now? No, he does not. And, and many, of you, many of you know this you know, so plainly, especially those as, as parents, you think of your kids or your grandkids. What is our thought all the time? Our, our thought is smooth the road out for them. You know, gra you know grade that road, God, God, keep, keep it smooth, everything like that. I mean, we forget that through those rough times and everything like that, that's what God uses to draw them close to him. We forget those things, but that's not where my heart still goes. You know, as many times as I've learned that, as many times as that has been repeated to me, I still struggle with any time, especially, and I'm not, I don't mean to be, you know, uh, oh, what a wonderful person I am saying this, but I think parents, you understand what I mean. For, for myself, when I go through hard times, I don't struggle with it near, much, near as much, but when I watch my kids go through it, I struggle terribly. I think, you know, a lot of you can relate to that. And, uh, you know, it, it's a lot harder to take. And again, I would answer prayers differently. I realize that. So for me to remember that our sovereign God is perfect in his love, is perfect in his power, he can do anything he wants, and, and, and therefore I can trust in him. That's a, that's a pretty powerful little quote. So what we remember then about prayer is not that I always get what I want, but that prayer changes me. The Psalms give us incredible examples of this because the, uh, the psalmist will begin by writing and it's a very blatant language sometimes towards God. God, what are you doing? <laughs> God, I don't understand this. How long is this going to go on? Why is this happening? But you watch through the Psalms as you read, and it brings him around to the end of a place of praise uh, when he begins to recognize who he is and in the process of prayer. And I, I don't, <laughs> okay, all I can say about this is try it, 
and I think you'll, you'll see this. You have something that you're almost afraid to pray about because you're upset with God about, and, you, and you've been avoiding praying about it and really talking to him about it because you don't. All I can say to you is try it. Pray to God. Pray as honestly. He, he knows everything you're thinking anyway, so why try to smooth it over, okay? Give it, give it to him. Get, give it straight to him, and watch what God does in changing you in that process. Okay, I can avoid God with some things in my life because I don't want to talk to him about it. Okay, you ever play that game? You know, I, I don't really want to go here. But when I finally come to God and just in all honesty, again, I'm not, uh, not fancy words. Sometimes my prayers are just rambling all over the place in a way that you wouldn't even understand what I'm saying. But God does because he knows my heart. And that's what God looks on in prayer is our hearts. Okay, if we, if we can remember that, that's not some preacher cliche. Uh, that's, just, that's just the flat-out truth. God knows what's in our hearts. He is not looking for impressive speech. He's not looking for a particular order in anything like that. But God is inviting, God is calling, God is encouraging his children to come to him. Now, we're going to do something a little bit different at the end here. About once a month around here, we stop and we observe the Lord's Supper. And... Uh, if that is something that is unfamiliar to you, let me just, just quickly say this is, not, uh, this is not something that, if you want to say, is, is uh, in any way magical. It is something that we do as in, in obedience to the Lord. We, uh, you know, he said to do this, to get together and remember the sacrifice that Jesus paid on the, on the, on the cross. So we have two elements here. Uh, one are some little crackers that we use to represent uh, the the uh, body of Christ uh, that could be you know bread or something like that but we just have some crackers here that we use and then we have these little cups that are filled with uh, with juice that we use to represent the blood of Christ and he said when you do this I want you to remember that Christ's body was broken for you as a sacrifice for sin and I want you to remember that his blood was shed his life was poured out as a sacrifice for you and the requirement for taking this, if, uh, that might not be the word I want to use there, but um, is not that you be a member of a church or anything like that. The, the thing is, he said, basically, this is for those who have their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. So if you're not real sure, if you feel uncomfortable about taking it, uh, please don't feel any obligation. In a few minutes, folks are going to get up if they want to and come pick up a cracker and, and, uh, and a juice and take it back and we're going to serve it. But please, don't feel in any way bad about it if, if you'd rather not be part of that or if you'd rather not, not take that. In fact, what I wanted to do since we talked about prayer today, um, I've asked Jeremy, we're, we're not going to sing, we're not going to play any type of uh, song that has words up there. He's just going to play in the background a little bit uh, just so there's not a total awkward silence. But I want to encourage you to use a few minutes here as a time of prayer. And you say, well, I don't really want to. If I could encourage you, maybe you just want to sit there and pray, Lord, I, I don't know about all this. <laughs> but uh, if it's real, would you make that plain to me? You know, maybe that's the type of prayer you want to pray. Uh, maybe, you know, there's something uh, we were talking earlier about praying through Scripture. Maybe... Maybe you'd want to open your Bible or find that on your phone or your device or whatever like that to Psalm 23 and just pray through that the Lord is your shepherd and pray through that on, on your own. Uh, maybe the prayer that you pray this morning is that, God, I haven't been talking to you. I don't feel qualified to talk to you and whatever like that. But, uh, but this, this sounds pretty, I'd, lo I'd love to have that. I'd love to have a uh, relationship with you where I, I felt, uh, you know, that I could do this. Just be honest. 
Just be honest. Can I say again? God knows exactly what's going on in our hearts and in our minds. Why try to fool them? So during this time, you know, I want to encourage you just to use it as a time personally when you can pray also. So I'm going to, I'm going to actually say a word of prayer, just thank the Lord. And um, there is a table back there that has elements and this table up here. And you'll see some folks who have done this before. You can follow along and uh, pick up the elements. And then when you get back to your seat, if you just hold on to them, we'll all take them together. But as we take some time to remember the price that was paid so that we could be made right with God through faith in Him. Uh, that's what we're doing here today. Father, um, again, my prayer is that supernatural things take place and nothing that is anyway manipulated by my words but that is directed by your spirit and your words and uh, I pray even now during this time that folks would know that they're invited in to pray and Lord I do pause to just say thank you uh, for <laughs> that we have God who did not leave us separated from him but came to this earth in the person of Jesus Christ to make a way for us back to him and father how I pray that if there's somebody here who doesn't know that that you would take a message that I'm probably doing a lousy job of communicating and communicate it to that heart I pray in your name amen you've been listening to pastor Dan Thomas of Community Church in Edwardsburg for more information about the church you can visit our website edwardsburg.church. You may also contact the church via email info at edwardsburg.church or call us at 269-663-2648. Thank you for listening.